The air that I breathe is the presence of God in me. So it's another way of describing the oil, the breath of God, however you want to manifest the energy, the power, the grace, the love, all of it is the presence of God. That is what sustains us. Welcome back to the Wild Heart Podcast here in the week of January 31st. Morgan and John in the studio in part two of a conversation around the parable of the 10 bridesmaids. So if you didn't hear part one, probably want to pause this and scroll back in your, wherever it is you get your podcasts and, and listen to the week of the 24th, episode one. But for the sake of review, <laughs> I guess Morgan and I, we were thinking, you know what, seven days later, I don't, I don't remember anything. Right. Three days later, I don't remember <laughs> anything. You guys remember what last week's podcast was? Okay. So what we were trying to say last week were a few things. First, that the normal Christian life is filled with the presence of God, that that is available mm. And it's been experienced down through the ages mm -hmm. by innumerable ordinary men and women who just simply made it a point, I want God. Mm -hmm. I need God. And I am going to arrange my days so that I can experience more of the presence of God mm -hmm. within me. Yes. Okay. So to pause even there and to make an observation, Scripture promises both that God is with us mm -hmm. And that he is in us. And, and we experience both, and they're both wonderful beyond telling. I mean, so Jesus says, you know, lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. God is with us. But the point of the parable of the 10 bridesmaids is that the human person being, you are a lamp, and that lamp burns a certain kind of fuel. The fuel is God, that it is the presence of God in us mm -hmm. that empowers us to be kind or forgiving or to not be shaken mm -hmm. to find peace you know all those things that we want in our lives we were reciting the first part of saint patrick's breastplate i arise today through a mighty strength through the invocation of the trinity I mean, he is orienting himself to not my own strength, but by the strength of the creator of creation, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit mm. in me, not just with me, helping me in my day, but within me. You are the fuel that I run on. And so last week we read from C.S. Lewis that God made us. He invented us as a man invents an engine. And he pointed out that a car is made to run on petrol and it wouldn't run properly on anything else. But God designed the human machine to run on himself. Mm. 
It's a fascinating thought, isn't it? Oh, it, it? is. Yeah, I was, I was actually reflecting after our recording for last week, John, when Lewis says something similar describing marriage in Mere Christianity, where he says he describes a marriage like a lock and a key or a violin and a bow. And he asks, are a lock and a key two different things or one thing? And it's the beautiful mystery of actually the two become one and they're insufficient without the other. And so just this idea of like the lamp and the oil, right? They're actually like the lock and the key. They become one. You can't, one doesn't work without the other. Yeah, that's beautiful. I love that. And you brought Tozier to the table last week trying to describe the difference of, yes, God is always here, yeah. but experiencing his presence is something else altogether. Right. Yeah. This was early. I mentioned it last week in my kind of discovery process of this, but it was a, it was just a revolutionary idea of the contrast that Tozier makes between the presence of God and the manifest presence of God. So those may sound like kind of big ethereal words, but he describes it pretty clearly. He says, you can have one. You can have the presence of God without the manifest presence of God. And that's the difference we're trying to mm. explore with this parable. God is here when we are wholly unaware of it, Tozer says. He is manifest only when and as we are aware of his presence. On our part, there must be surrender to the Spirit of God for his work is to show us the Father and Son. If we cooperate with him in a loving obedience, God will manifest himself to us, and that manifestation will be the difference between a nominal Christian life contrasted to a life radiant with the light of his face. And so that's what we're after, to learn the distinction between the presence of God and the manifest presence of God. And what we're suggesting is what if it's the manifest presence of God, the oil of God's presence and indwelling that's meant to be our ordinary life in our moment by moment sustenance and the path to thrive as a human being. Mm. I think that word cooperate, our part is to cooperate. Yes. So for example, mm -hmm. gang, I love to intervene. What yes, are you, you laughing at? Yeah, you do, buddy. <laughs> I love that about you. What are you laughing at? <laughs> He's laughing because I am an obsessive intervener. <laughs> okay, there you go. More I, clarity. I will intervene regardless oftentimes of wisdom or danger, but I, I'm wired for it. So I am, it's what I do, but that needs to come under the governance of the spirit of God because I can intervene to the point that I have no more oil, mm. that doing loving things, helping others actually brings me unconsciously. I'm not paying attention mm -hmm. to it. I'm not aware that I've just, I'm gone. I've yeah. just burned all my oil. I'm one of the five dumb ones now. I, I got nothing. And you don't know till it's gone, right? right? It catches us by surprise. Yeah, it does and, until you're fried. So that idea, we could even pause a couple times as, as we pray this week together to say, yeah, Lord, as I listen to this podcast this week, what is it that you are asking me to cooperate with? 
So I need to cooperate with you in order to access your manifest presence, not just with me, but in me. And, and so we can get to the point, as Paul says in Philippians 4, that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. And I think that all of the thwarting that we experience in our lives, and way back in sacred romance, we called God the divine mm. thwarter. Mm. Now, again, it's not all he does, it's not what he primarily does, but he will thwart our efforts to live without him. Mm -hmm. Because as McDonald says, without Christ, a man must fail miserably or succeed even more mm -hmm. miserably. Like it's a terrible thing to get your life figured out without God. Right. Those are the hardest people to reach. Yes. Because what do you need God for? Right. If everything's great, so God will, you know, bring us to a point of emptiness or you know, take away a relationship or thwart plans for a holiday in order to get our attention to say, hey, you are burning through your oil like there is no tomorrow. <laughs> That's, that was my intervening thing. Yes. You got to ramp that back, pal, in, in order to be one of the smart bridesmaids who is careful to have enough oil here in, in this difficult hour. So that's, that's kind of what mm -hmm. we were saying last week by way of review. And as you, as you look back on the first part of the conversation, Morgan, what, what stood out for you? I think back to the parable, as we said, it is unnerving and there are layers to it and so many um, pieces of wisdom and revelation. But one of the pieces is, you know, there's different translations with the, the language. Some say the the bridesmaids had uh, lamps and then their oil in a flask. Others say jar, but the, the connotation is there was an ample supply. They were prepared to endure for quite a while. It was just interesting to me as I've reflected on- Wait, wait, you got to just say that again. Okay. Say that sentence again. Okay. There was an ample supply of oil the five bridesmaids who were prepared, they were prepared to endure for quite a while. So folks, in case you wanted to know, this is our prepping podcast. Right. <laughs> Here it is. Put the oil in your cellar. But we are <laughs> in a different way. Yes. We're saying, let me tell you, the most important kind of prepping right. you can do in this hour is to have a sufficient amount of oil to endure for some time. Right. Because the parable could have been written where each of the bridesmaids who were wise had a lamp with oil for the night, right? Like, but it's clear they had an ample supply more and more. And so again, it, it humbles me to reorient, to understand the times, understand our orders, understand what we need to be lavishly, robustly filled with God. And therefore, back to that disruptive comment you made last week of Henry Nowen in the Council of Mother Teresa, right? Oh, yeah. An hour <laughs> of adoration of our Lord, right? But, but, but you I'm don't start to, with an hour, yeah, right? I'm, I, yeah, I'm lucky to get 60 seconds. But 60 seconds is beautiful. And that's honestly, John, what I want to say, because I want to say it to my own soul, yes. you know, I blasted in here after carpool. Like 60 seconds is the pathway 
to move us towards an hour of adoration. Start with 60 seconds and you will in time find yourself at an hour. Okay. I love that. That's kind. Because as I was driving in here, I was trying to practice it again this morning. And all I was aware of, I was not aware of the presence of God. All I was aware of was the multiple occasions that suddenly I was thinking about something else. (laughs) And that's lesson number one, right? (laughs) But you really, you're, John, what you just named is you are a student of your awareness. Yes. Which is just, the world is meant to keep us in the shallows, like we talked about last week, to keep us unaware of our awareness. And so that's a huge step. Oh, thanks. Do I get a gold (laughs) star for today? You get some more oil. You get a gold star. Um, (laughs) The other thing we are, we're trying to say and, and have been saying for quite some time is that these are uniquely draining times. They really are. And I've been intrigued by the book of Daniel lately and how he describes the end of the age and this figure called the abomination that causes desolation. And you don't, you don't need to get way down the rabbit trail into, whoa, who's the Antichrist? And when is he going to come? And you know people thought it was Gorbachev because that weird birthmark that, that he had on his head looked like a red dragon. Mm. And he's the Antichrist. And well, you know, Gorbachev is, is not on the world scene anymore. Okay. Right. Yeah, so that's not the point. What's fascinating is what this figure does. And the sentence that jumped off the page to me was, and he will wear the saints down. Mm. He will wear mm. the saints down. So there, there are spiritual forces at work in the world right now whose full intent and utmost commitment is to wear the saints mm. down. And how many stories have you heard this year, right? Come to us and an honest confession in my own story in the weariness increases exponentially the vulnerability mm. to the enemy. Yeah, to be weary is to be vulnerable. So we we kind of wrapped up last week where we want to pick up this week. And the practical question is, what are you doing? What will you do mm-hmm. to be filled with the presence of God? What will you do to make sure that you have enough oil to endure for some time mm-hmm. through difficult times like these. And we're talking about your attention and your affection. We were talking about the simple practice of loving Jesus. And I want to pick up more this week on just some other very practical ways that we are attempting to care for our oil. We cultivate the presence of God within us. Mm -hmm. Yeah, just reflecting on last week, John, and going even deeper in that category of attention and affection in this unique hour. You know, I had a mentor over 15 years ago tell me a story. He was on safari on foot in Africa. They were tracking a lion, and they were going through deep brush and cover. And over time, they come across um, the lion tracks and their own boot tracks. And they realize in that moment with the hair standing on the back of their neck, they're the ones being tracked. They're on their own tracks. Holy cow. Okay. I had this moment. Come on. We were in South Africa on mission and we stayed at one of those wilderness lodges for a couple of days. And I 
was walking back from the lodge to the little hut yes. that we were staying in, and I noticed fresh lion tracks on top of our footprints from a couple hours earlier. And I'm like, and it changes your- It does. Alertness. All of a sudden, right? Yeah. You, like- Nature has your attention. And yes. so when he told me that story, he had this profound idea where he said, in their world, to survive, you have to tune in to 90% of your surroundings and tune out 10%. Whereas it's the opposite in the modern world. You have to tune out 90% and tune- Of the chatter. Of the chatter, the noise, the distraction, right? And tune into 10%. And for many years, that was kind of- um, a guiding idea that that I follow, just tune out, tune out. But I just noticed in the last year, it's almost like there was a deepening level to that where that's become insufficient because simply the fatigue of tuning out, right? It's just work. Say no, no, turn off notifications, unsubscribe from email. You can make that a full-time job. It's exhausting. But here was the gold was Jesus invited me. He said, I actually want you to tune in to 90%, but 90% of what I'm bringing to you in your ordinary everyday life. Mm. And so actually the intention with your energy, with your thoughts, with your mind is focus on the things that matter most. Re gathering, as I said last week, your attention and affection. And here, here's just like simple practicalities. Okay. So Dallas talks a lot about the spiritual disciplines, and he, and he says this fascinating thing. He says, worship is the most complete spiritual discipline, but silence is the most important. Now, that's a bold statement to say of all the spiritual disciplines, which one's most important? And he says, silence. And as I think about that and have thought a lot about it over the years, in this age particularly, for the soul, we live in a blaring reality. It is incessant with noise, but in silence, the soul is accessed for better and for worse. We see its condition. We see our attachment to so many things. We see our self-sufficiency, and we also see the accessibility of God to the places that have mm. all the deep need. And so, in very practical mm. terms, I've recovered a practice of silence. Mm. And I realized in choosing silence for short pieces of time, I just realized my, my world is noisy and lots of my noise is very good things, but it's noise nonetheless. And it's not the silence that's a place to access God. And one other piece in that silence is just, again, the breath. Like God has designed us um, as dependent beings. And you just look at it of our need for, for breath and our beating heart, right? Our need for water. food and water. Yeah. Like it's pretty simple that we're designed for dependency. And so we have these on-ramps with immediacy, like our breath work to recover God. And so when I just choose to breathe, I'm always breathing, but I'm not aware of it. When I choose to attend to my breath, slow it down, notice it, I immediately 
experience the manifest presence of God because I just confess, God, this breath is from you. It's your life in me. And in this moment, I have you by definition because I'm breathing. You're here with me. And now I breathe more of you in. And so it's simple practices like that that can be practiced anywhere at any time that give me more and more access to the, mm -hmm. the manifest presence of God. I'm going to go out on a limb here. I forget what we were coming back from. Alex and I were coming back from somewhere, some conference. And at this Christian conference, we were reflecting on the worship. And mm -hmm. the worship was very loud. It was typical. It's what you find in, in most church settings these days of really gifted musicians, mm -hmm. which is awesome, with really awesome equipment but it's really, really loud. Yeah, super stimulating. Yeah, well, I was sharing with Alex some of the data that I had been reading. This was back in the Get Your Life Back days because we were, we were looking at, okay, what do we need to be restored as human beings? That just a certain decibel of noise is traumatizing mm. to the human being. So, you know, mortars, gunfire, cars backfiring, just any sorts of loud noises are, are assaultive. We'll just call it assaultive. Mm -hmm. on the, and I just thought, oh my gosh, that was three days of assault. And my soul felt assaulted, very assaulted by that. And so there's a time and place, you know, uh, to get rowdy mm -hmm. and, and to be loud. And the Psalms say, shout to the Lord. Yep, yep there's a place for that. But man, oh man, like if that's all that you experience yes. as your God time or your church time or your worship time or whatever, you're going to need the silence. Mm -hmm. You're going to need the quiet. The famous story, right, of the prophet Elijah, you know, God wasn't in the thunder mm. and he, he wasn't in the loud. It was the still, small voice. So yeah, I just wanted to get out my yellow highlighter and just go yes to yeah. what Morgan just said. And so to try and be as practical as we can be, you need a routine, mm -hmm. gang, that works for you, that fits within your realities of carpool and work or, you know, working from home or whatever your situation is. But we, we all need a routine that allows us to tune in and to give God our attention every day. And we're going to give another shout out for the Lectio 365 app. Mm -hmm. It's a free app developed by Pete Gregg and his, his team out of England. It's a very, very simple practice, morning and evening. Mm -hmm. It's about six or seven minutes long. And what's lovely about it is they're doing it for you. Yes. They're talking to you. Right. You're being yeah. led. You're being led. It's really, really good. We have a very simple version of that called the Pause app. And the pause app is very similar in that I will guide you through releasing everything to God, restoring your union with him and being filled with his mm -hmm. presence. Saturate me with your love. Saturate me with your life is how the prayer ends. Pause app is free. Mm -hmm. It's very easy to do. There's a three-minute pause. There's a five-minute pause. There's a 10-minute pause, but there's a one-minute pause. Mm -hmm. And heads up, everybody, we're actually right now building some new features into that that are going to be absolutely wonderful. And so more to come on that this spring. But just simple things, morning prayer, please, 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 my friends, please tell me that you have some practice of morning prayer. 
<laughs> like before you pick up your phone, before you get pulled into mm -hmm. the matrix, there is some moment or moments that you give God your attention. And just pause right here and just inventory. What is it in your life? And more importantly, what is its effect? Because if you have some routine and it's not producing fruit, like you're wasting your time. Like you're not doing God a favor, yourself a favor. It's actually adding to the weariness or depletion. You're burning oil. Right? You're burning oil. So guys, this isn't checking a box. The spirit of it is it's intended to be a liturgy in order that you can be saturated with the oil of God. And I'll give an example of like, I'm a pretty routine kind of guy. And so I was going through a season of getting that morning prayer done and I found myself more tired after. Mm. And it was the indicator light of, okay, wait a second, something has shifted because this used to fill me. Yes. And so then I had to shift one, the location of where I was praying. And then I added the Lectio at the beginning as a meditation because the Lectio is just, um, it's, a, it's a posture of receiving care, uh, receiving love, right? Being filled. And then I found my daily prayer that I use shifted more of like a response to God out of being yes. filled in a connection yes. with God. And so it's really important to mm. ask not just what you're doing, but what is the fruit of like what you're that. doing? I like that. That's really good. So we were riffing on this offline and I was surprised, Morgan, that you added to the daily routine of seeking oil rest. And I'm like, wait, what? Say more about that. Yeah. Yeah. Again, this is like, you know, it feels vulnerable to put your story out to the world, but Hey, here we go. Right? Like um, when I'm honest, being transparent, like the category of rest has been a challenge for an overachieving come through. My life without God, without oil, is hard charging. And so Jesus has this fascinating invitation. And I love Peterson's translation where he says, Come away with me. I will show you how to take a real rest. Just think about that. This is Jesus Christ saying the invitation is to come with me and there's a way to take a real rest. And years ago, I began in humility adopting a posture of taking naps. Like I never did. I used caffeine to artificially boister my energy, that boundless energy, you know, that we talked about last week of God. Caffeine's easier. It's predictable, <laughs> right? It's reliable. <laughs> And then I read this book that just wrecked me where it described that caffeine actually is not increasing energy. It's borrowing future energy and taking a portion as a liability. In other words, you're taking a uh, hundred units of future energy and you're burning 80 now and you lose 20. Like the net is a loss. And I was an econ major. That's crappy math. So is sugar, by the way. Okay. Does so the same thing. There it is. Sugar, caffeine, in the moment, it feels good, but you're actually stealing from yourself and it became insufficient. And so I, I began napping and did that because when you take away the the artificial scaffolding, you realize we're meant to require rest. It was meant to be a source of fueling. And so you pay attention to that. And even, and then John, God took me to Psalm three that just felt 
um, so validating of it and, and just kind of God, because you find David and he's in bloody battle. Like he says, my foes are everywhere. Many enemies rise up against me. And you go, well, that's familiar, right? And then it says, I, but I called out to God and he answered me. In the very next sentence, David says, I lie down and I sleep. I wake again because the Lord sustains me. And then he comes out of rest and his posture is these words, I will not fear though tens of thousands assail me on every side. And then he calls upon God's mighty strength, arise, Lord, deliver me. You are my God. And so, John, I think in all humility, I've learned God's design is that we require rest. My personal makeup, and because my engine burns so hard, I actually function best on eight to nine hours of sleep. And I wish it was five. Some people seem like they can do four, five, six. That's what my body needs. And I've learned to actually tune in to the mm. need for rest mm. um, during the day on, on several days a week to just grab a nap. And, and it's, a, it's not just an exercise in humility, but it's an actually an access point to more of the infilling of the life of God. Mm. Whether you are into you know, finance and investments, whether you are into fitness and exercise, you know, whether you're into gardening and working with plants, like everyone will tell you out of their specialty or their field that routine is everything. Mm -hmm. Routine is everything. I forget the, the philosopher that said, habit is the great flywheel of civilization. Mm -hmm. Routine is everything. Mm -hmm. And what we are pleading, urging, begging, humoring, inviting, wooing, seducing <laughs> you towards is to just give some reflection to your current routines. What are your current routines? And are they providing the oil that your humanity needs to run on? Are they providing the mm -hmm. presence of God within you? Are you caretaking your oil? Or are you just burning oil? Yeah or you're having a hard time finding it, or you don't have routines. And we're saying, look, these routines can be very, very simple. Mm -hmm. Okay, so I want to try and describe a day. There is some acknowledgement of God in the morning before you do anything else, right? You give God your attention mm -hmm. and your affection first thing. Mm -hmm. There's some kind of morning prayer. And we have an app called the Wild at Heart app. And on that app is a button that says SOS, is prayers. <laughs> and in that prayer section are several different versions of mm -hmm. the daily prayer. If you'd like a woman's voice, Stacy uh, reads it and mm -hmm. has an audio version. There's mine. So you can either read it or you can listen mm -hmm. to it as you're you know, going for a run or, or taking a walk. There's some kind of morning pause whereby you are opening your soul up by attention and affection to the presence of God. And then something that's nourishing you, something that is bringing in goodness and care to your soul. We mentioned the Lectio 365 app. The Bible Project team out of Portland just launched their new app this year. It's really easy, gang. Really simple. Totally accessible. Totally accessible. And they will feed you. It's great stuff. 
the podcast, the videos, the content. It's something that is nourishing you. We have a thing called the daily reading. You can sign up for shows up in your inbox every day, which is really helpful to me. I like it that it invades my email because mm-hmm. I'm crushing through email in the morning, <laughs> right? And then all of a sudden here's this, oh, this feeds me. Right. Oh, I'm gonna pause, give this two minutes and just read this. So there's, there's something that's nourishing you. We would recommend pausing during your day that there are moments where you just stop the pace for 60 seconds and you pause, you know, 10 and two, you just make it a practice of pausing. Morgan was talking about rest is somewhere in your day. And in that rest, there is silence Mm -hmm. for some period. Now it may literally be a nap. It may just be stillness and stillness is healing and it allows you to access God. And even in your day, taking ground back of things like, what do you do with your car time? What about taking it back? And I'll give a big confession here. Like, do you have your phone when you go to the bathroom? We've made a rule in our house, no phones when you're in the bathroom. It's one more place that you can get back that's been stolen, right? A pause. I mean, I know this is a men's and women's podcast, so I will hold my language, but guys, you can get that ground back for God. (laughs) Yes, that's so funny. Um, I remember asking, okay, so I was a driven young Christian, and I remember I I was brand new to the whole prayer thing, to anything. I was was not raised in church, gang. I, I, I am, Paul was the consummate Jew sent to the Gentiles. I'm the consummate pagan sent to the church. I didn't have any background. I had nothing. And so I was asking my pastor mentor, I said, can you pray while you're going to the bathroom? He said, if that's the only time of day you have room to pray, you're in trouble. (laughs) He wanted to know why is that the yes. only place that you have room? So yes. I'm just going to throw it's that out beautiful. there. beautiful. I recommended last week the simple practice of pausing to love Jesus. A couple of minutes every day with intentionality. Five minutes. Just take five minutes. I love you. Use your commute for it or, or sometime in your day. And then there's evening prayer. There's some kind of release at the end of the day, however you practice that. We have a beautiful bedtime prayer. Uh, Lectio has a morning and evening thing. Some of the new features in the pause app are going to have that too. Somewhere in the evening, you let it all go. You let it all go and turn it all back over to God and cultivate his presence again. Like that's doable. Right. That day, that liturgy of a day that we just named is very doable. Mm whatever else you do. And you go, oh, I'm also listening to this really great, you know, Bible podcast, or I'm also, I actually spend some time in worship Mm -hmm. every day. Awesome. Those are great things Mm -hmm. too, but like as a bare minimum, easily attainable. And the fruit gang, the fruit of this, I love the way you described it, Morgan, the fruit of being nourished, Mm -hmm. that one of the fruits is being nourished. Yeah. Jesus has this sentence in the gospel that just always eluded me actually until last year where he says, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and finish his work. 
And I always like read that as like, okay, those are my orders. I'm obedient to Christ and I'm going to be on mission. But I never hung on that phrase, my food. But I think of like my food and how I eat and how I choose what my food is. And if I love eating, by the way, I, I love eating and I love eating <laughs> carbs and sugar. I love and eating caffeine. fats. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Go, what am I fueling my body with? Like it's very practical, it's very tangible. But he says literally, and what's so beautiful is this follows this parable. You have thousands of people that need fed, and there's enough food for about seven people. And the disciples are freaking out. And they're like, Jesus, what do we do? We need to feed these people. And they, I'm guessing, feel some pressure, embarrassment, shame, you know, scramble. And Jesus goes, I have food that you know nothing about. And you're going, well, where the heck's the truck? Yeah. Because these people need it. You <laughs> Not know? helpful, right? Lord. But it's almost like Jesus is in his own world because he's, he's with his father in mm. that moment. He's more present to mm. God than he is to them. And he says, I have food that you know nothing about. Well, and there isn't time for the story here, but Jesus did a beautiful healing work to this three-year-old part of me this past fall. And there was a moment where I was up in a tree mm. on an archery hunt, choosing life. And it was one day bonsai, go out to the plains, come back, set up a tree stand on a little piece of public land. And I'm in the tree feeling like a little boy and the geese are over my head and the beauty of a sunset. And Jesus says, you have food that I know something about. In other words, you are now becoming more of a son and you're feasting on your father. Mm. You're feasting on his life. And, and I literally felt like I was aligning with his will by receiving this nourishment. And so it, with, with that idea, like, God was meant to be our food. And food physically is a manifestation of a spiritual reality, yes, right? Everything is. on the human plane I is am a the manifestation, right? And so how is God your food? Yeah. And it's just a very practical, accessible question to help us move deeper into this. Hmm. The fruit of cultivating the presence of God in your life, and particularly the presence of God within you, not just Jesus with you, but Christ in you. Paul says that's the glory of the gospel in Colossians. He says it is Christ inside of you that enables you to weather days like we're living in and to go on to be a loving person, a resilient person, a brave and valiant person, a self-sacrificing, all those things we want to be flow out of a cultivation of the presence of Jesus in us. And the fruit of it is so wonderful. The last fruit that we'll name today is that you will be unshaken or unshakable. And, and the Psalms have so much to say about that. But I love that idea, Morgan, the idea of Thanks to the presence of God in me, not my intention, mm -hmm. not my gutting it out, not yes. my gritting the teeth. Thanks to the presence of God in me that I'm cultivating through a daily routine of love, mm -hmm. I am becoming less and less shakable. Yes. At bad news, at the next turn of you know political events, the new variant that comes out, totally. all that stuff. 
right? In the circumstances in which we find ourselves, some will be shaken and some will not. And I think that's the mm. beauty of the parable. Mm. You know, there have been these huge wind events in Colorado Springs this fall. Uh, we had 107 mile an hour wind at our house. Yes, it, it was, was ripping. Crazy. I mean, it's unprecedented in our 25 years here, yeah. but trees down everywhere. And I love trees. And I found myself just driving around, but I was noticing uh, a pattern of different species that were down, whereas others that had made the storm and, and in the local park, some were broken off, but not upturned. And some of them, uh, many were like uprooted. So you could see the entire oh, yeah. body of roots, right? Yes. Out of the ground, ancient, like these are mature trees. And what I found was that the ponderosa pines, that species, none of them were uprooted, whereas many of them were pine trees, but other species like Doug firs and uh, blue spruce. And the idea is the design of a ponderosa, it has a deep tap root that goes down below the height of the tree. So you think of an 80 foot tree. Really? That tap root on an 80 foot tree exceeds what? 80 feet. And so it's unshakable. And some of them might have broke their crown, mm. but they were not uprooted. And it's just an example, John, of what you're describing. Mm. These are times that these circumstances should be shaking the average person. But if we are deeply rooted, accessing a river of life and this constancy of oil that's refilling and replenishing, we can become the kind of people that are unshaken in turbulent times. We're just offering this in love, gang. And the truth is you can either plan for it or be surprised by it. And we can plan to be resilient. We can plan to have the oil for the hard times that we don't know when are coming, or you wait to get clobbered by the next thing that rolls through the world. But by then you're scrambling then, and God's merciful. God will catch you. God is kind, but it, there's the smart and the dumb bridesmaids, the clever and the really unintelligent ones and the, and the smart ones make it their purpose to cultivate oil, to caretake it, to have plenty, which is the presence of God in us. And it's, again, the oil uh, is, is always the Holy Spirit along with Jesus and our Father. And so we close with prayer. We say, Holy Spirit, I need you desperately. I open my life to you. I can't do life without you. I wasn't created to. You are the fuel that I run on. And so I ask you to show me how to cultivate your presence within me, that I would be filled to overflowing. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. I pray to be one of those people. Holy Spirit, I yield my life to you. I yield my being to you, my will, my emotions, my mental life, my planning, all of it, to be filled with the Spirit of the living God. Fill me with your oil in this hour. We all ask for this in Jesus' name.